Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me, the podcast that provides the fans' point of view on all things Northampton Town Football Club. Happy New Year to you all. I'm Charles Commons and I'm here with a refreshed pod team ready to digest the Cobblers' Christmas period. So, it's a big 2024 hello to Danny Brothers. Hello, Charles. And Jesse Coleman. Hey. And Neil Edgerton. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Full house indeed. (laughs) Been an enjoyable and fruitful time for the Cobblers since we last met, hasn't it? Nine points from a possible 12. Uh, starting off straight away, how happy are you with that result over Christmas? Let's start with Neil. Which result? All of them. The result <laughs> oh. of nine points out of 12. Oh, the whole shebang. The whole shibbity shabbity bang. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it exceeded expectations, fair to say, right? Well, you say that, but I, I went back and listened. We did, uh, I don't think actually you were on the pod when we did this, Neil. Forgive me. Understood. We did a, like a, not a prediction as such. We just kind of went through the the five games over Christmas period. Um, to talk, I think starting with the Carlisle game and then sort of guessing, right, how many points we would get over that period. And we actually came out with, we wanted slash predicted that we'd get one more point than we actually did over that period. Oh, so we've underachieved. So in a way, we've underachieved. <laughs> but it doesn't feel like that, does it? Game gone. <laughs> game gone. Out he goes. Why did we Off predict that? Was it the Stevenage game that we were thinking the, we were going to get more from? Because I think that seems weird. Both, were you drunk? Both, 
Charles, no. but also, when you say we, Charles, are you not <laughs> yeah, just you? Was it just you, Charles? <laughs> Charles has got every game to win. It was me and Chessy. I'm pretty sure I said... me and Chessy. I'm pretty sure I said five points. <laughs> what, from the possible 15? Yeah, right. Um, no, me and Chessy both said that I we thought we would beat Stevenage, but we would only get draws with Lincoln and Oxford, which is where the difference of only one point comes from. Um, but, I mean, we're happy with the, oh, the points yeah. haul, aren't we? Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, I'm Let's happy. I, I think the Stevenage game could well have been a tipping point and could could have sent that Christmas period into a completely different way, but it didn't. And that's really, really good. We could sit here all day and talk about how we kind of almost threw that game away, but I think that'd be a massive disservice to the Christmas period. It's a shame that that happened, but I kind of think it had the same effect as way, way, way back when we played Newport right at the very end of last season and we completely just fell apart and in turn that helped us to do the job further down the line. I kind of think that that's how the Stevenage game played out because we could see from Brady's reaction against Lincoln how important that was. And we, whilst we didn't play particularly well on what was last Monday, we still got the job done and, and they were really crucial games. And maybe they came out of the fact that we had such a poor day on Boxing Day. Yeah, I mean, if we if we stick with the, the Stevenage game to start off with, because then we can improve the mood by talking about the rest of them afterwards. It came out of the blue a little bit, just how bad... I felt we were in that game because obviously we'd had the lead up of a really good win against Oxford on the 23rd. We'd got that draw against Carlisle in the game before then as well. So then to go and I don't mind losing, right? And away at Stevenage who have been, you know, flying the season for the majority of it, I don't really mind losing, but it's the manner of which we lost. It 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 was a it was a horrible horrible defeat I felt because it, it it wasn't us it wasn't what we've come to expect from this cobbler's side and while I'm sure Dana you'll give credit to Stevenage for essentially throttling us and not not allowing us to actually play what we wanted uh, to do but it still felt like we should have been better hundred percent. It was stodgy, wasn't it? It was like boxing. Stodgy. It was basically the cobblers performed how everyone else in the country felt by Boxing Day afternoon. We were full, like we were full. Nothing was working. We couldn't stand up. We couldn't really move, and we just it's just Eat like lounging yourself, on the sofa. I was just like <laughs> completely collapsed on the sofa, and I was done. And it felt like that was the performance that we had on, on Boxing Day. Um, it, it wasn't pretty, was it at all? Um, no, it wasn't. Uh, it afterwards the way that John Brady kind of came out and sounded quite. Uh, I suppose like he really didn't want to have to do this interview, and that he felt like he'd been let down by the players. And I think actually he said, didn't he? Was it after the Lincoln game that he said something along the lines of, you know, coming out at the end of the Stevenage match? He basically had said to the players, "How do I defend that?" You know, yeah, exactly that. I... That was his words. Yeah, yeah, and 
you kind of sensed that was what he was thinking at the time anyway, during the Stevenage post-match interview. You were a bit, he was like, I don't really know what to say that won't lead to me coming out and basically hounding players that have been really good for the whole season. It's just a one-off, you know, game that hasn't gone the way that it should have done. That balancing act between keeping players happy but also then keeping the fans happy by being realistic. Really, really difficult. It's why I think Steve Evans is so good in his post-match interviews and gets all of the, you know, the viral videos, you know, that go around of him saying things that are about the referee or the opposition manager, you know, because it takes the pressure and the heat away from his players. Nobody's talking about how good Stevenage were that day because everybody was actually talking about the fact that he'd called... John Brady, the wee man, and then said something about how, you know, the budget and the comments that John Brady had made made leading up to that game were ridiculous in some way about their budget. He completely took the pressure off of his players and you, you weren't even thinking about that whatsoever. It would have been really hard, John Brady coming out and then just going... I don't know, saying something. You know, I, I suppose there wasn't even a bad refereeing display, I don't think, in that game. It was just a case of we were awful. And we just, so. Yeah, we just were not in the game at all, were we? Was, <laughs> no. Whether, I don't know formation wise, because we changed to 3 5 2, didn't we? And McWilliams seemed to be on the naughty step for overindulging at Christmas time. I'm going to guess. That's a rumour. That's just me. That's just me guessing. <laughs> a rumour that you made <laughs> allegedly, up. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but it meant that Leonard had to go back and do what he was doing essentially for a lot last season and doing some of the doggy work that he doesn't necessarily need to be doing at this point. He just wants to be further forward. And it just yeah. made it all a little bit all over the place and Stevenage did what Stevenage do and did a job on us but we had better other worker. results guys doggy, we had doggy better official it is now yeah doggy work <laughs> we're going to roll that out on, on Sunday I would, yeah, the 14 right. who's going to do his doggy work <laughs> yeah. I'd say Jack doggy. Saddleby does a lot of doggy work that's a good example <laughs> oh, I thought he was oh, the crap I love it <laughs> yeah he, he does all of his doggy work sideways that's <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, we've yeah. done. We're we're talking about this for far too long. We're yeah. far better than this. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it nine made... minutes. Come on. <laughs> All right, I'm trying I mean, to. You won't. Main thing, come on. Main thing. Main thing about Stevenage is we. I, was, I hate that we had to play it because we didn't have time to enjoy Tyree Simpson's scenes oh. against Oxford for long yes. enough. Like there was about three days in between that and Stevenage. I was like, I need at least three weeks to get over that. <laughs> it wasn't, National yeah. holiday. National holiday. Tyrese, Tyrese week. Tyrese week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that probably should have been, been the case. I mean, that essentially the Oxford game and then the Lincoln game were, you know, the, the complete opposite, weren't they, to the Stevenage defeat? They were... Brilliant. They were I, I, the Oxford game, especially, was the cobblers at their very best. I felt, and it was very organised. We were very in, organised, incredibly organised. The Lincoln game was another one of those, uh, like the Blackpool win, just brilliant counter-attacking football. I mean, probably goal of the season, or at yeah. least 
you know, a contender for it right up there. I mean, obviously, I think Danny will want Tyree Simpson's Oxford winner to be gold of the season straight away. <laughs> but that's, that's mainly because he feels vindicated and justified in his celebration <laughs> of Tyree Simpson on the day that he signed. I, I don't think both senior and... Uh, junior Salmons have quite recovered from me jumping on their faces um, after oh. Simpson scored that goal yet. <laughs> oh, didn't know that bit. Uh, didn't know that bit. No, uh, not at all. He's in I mean, Paraguay's everywhere. Was, there was. What, what I would love to know from from anybody that that sat around near where Danny sits in the in the West Stand, I'd love to know what celebration was better: John Brady's at the end of the Lincoln game at full time. <laughs> Or, or Danny's when Tyree Simpson scored? Because I can imagine that they were both up there in levels of elation. Have we released on social media the photo that Danny sent us after Tyree scored? Because I think that, that's an opportunity missed. If we I, haven't. I, I can't remember if it went out or not. I, if I don't it, think it, it did, no, thankfully. It is now. <laughs> yeah, Thanks for the reminder, Jeffy. <laughs> Thanks, Jeffy. <laughs> I, could, I could see Danny celebrating. Uh, I was in the East Stand. For the Oxford game, and I could see Danny celebrating from the East Stand. You know the you yeah. know the big pipes at the back of the West Stand. He was hanging off one of them, <laughs> swinging around it like that monkey on Abington Street. Oh. He was having you, a great you time. know the you know the are they owls that are in yeah. The, yeah. Like the the crevices or whatever that is? Yeah. And he and he grabbed one and started like swinging it around. You know, like they grabbed the camera. And the good thing is I had a whole row. For some reason, like a lot of the row was missing for the Oxford game. So I was just literally legging it up and down the row and jumping up. Just <laughs> jumping up, up and down. Jump, I didn't know what to do this with myself. my row <laughs> and I will claim it. Naughty Ty. I was just shouting, Ty, Ty, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear. dear brilliant yeah, not, we did not actually do a full review of the mm. oxford game didn't we that we released on patreon patreon.com it was an emergency pod wasn't it it wasn't emergency it was always due but it wasn't yeah oh, but yeah. It i'm felt gonna make it an emergency it. Yeah. yeah i'm gonna make it an emergency pod <laughs> uh but yeah patreon.com forward slash cobbers to me if you want to go and hear uh more detail about the oxford win um the lincoln game I mean, having gone from, you know, the elation of the Oxford win to the, maybe not devastation, but the annoyance and frustration of the Stevenage defeat on Boxing Day, to then, what was it, two days, three days later, going away to Lincoln, Friday night special, um, 2-1 win thanks to just an absolute lovely, lovely winner from, well, I mean, I know Kieran Barry put the ball in the back of the net and it was a lovely strike, but I mean, you had Aaron McGarren, uh, Tyree Simpson and Mark Leonard all involved before Barry swept it delightfully into the back of the net, which was just wonderful, wonderful things. But I mean, we were we were 1-0 up, weren't we, in the first half, thanks to a John Guthrie header. About time two, Guthers getting back in the goal mouth action. Belinja um, Charles, leave alone. It's been a while though, hasn't it, Danny? I mean, if we go back a couple of seasons ago, we had him and Fraser Horsfall battling it out to be almost top goal scorer, didn't we, at one point? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I uh, said most about the rest of the team, to be fair. Well, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that Yeah, it doesn't bode well for the rest of them, does it? But, I mean, in a way, I, like the equaliser, the Lincoln equaliser was really annoying because I felt like... They weren't equalize. Not that they weren't in it, but they didn't deserve that, I didn't think. So I was Especially because it wasn't an equalizer, Charles. 
Oh, was it not? Sorry. Oh, no, of course it wasn't. Sorry. <laughs> no, but they scored like two minutes after that wonder goal, didn't they? So again, not, not enough time to celebrate something glorious. Just can't have nice things, can we? <clears throat> no, no, we can't have, no, we can't was... have nice things, says no. Danny, just after Christmas. This is why we can't you have nice things. You are a grateful person. <laughs> <laughs> that scarf oh. that Neil bought you, oh, delightful. <laughs> oh, but... <laughs> No, because we went two 0 up and then with that goal, and then they came up the other end and, and they scored pretty much. It was just annoying. But I thought yeah. we were like really in control of that game, and almost more in control at one 0 than we were at two one because it suddenly gave them a bit of momentum, and we had to hang on a little bit at the end. But mm. what a win! What well, a they win. had a ten spell again. Lincoln, didn't they? They did, yes. yeah. Where we looked yeah. a bit, but apart from that, I thought we were pretty much in total control, really. Mm comfortable i felt yeah pretty much apart from like you say a 10 minute spell but even then i didn't really think that we were going to go and lose the game i i, I felt like you know I, I i always felt like we were going to hold on to it and and in a way the fact that we'd conceded almost helped us to i suppose bolster down again and, just oh, and we had like, more right, chances we, as well didn't we we yeah definitely and and the fact that because this is it isn't it is that we don't we don't just sit and defend. We still look to go and make chances happen at the other end of the pitch, which is which is really good to see. Because I mean, how many times have we sat there and just sort of gone, right, okay, we've got a one or a two nil lead. And we've just sat back and Keith Curls said, rolled right, out well the bus. And yeah, the exactly. Tanks, everything possible. <laughs> Soak it tractors. up. Tractors. Exactly. Yeah, he's got tractors. In there. <laughs> tractors. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean the, the fact that we go and then, you know, we get the win, it was really... I want to ask you about John Brady's celebration, Danny. Oh, because obviously, emotion of the moment, it just comes... It's brilliant. You have to look at the context of the whole thing, you know, with the Stevenage defeat a few days earlier, coming back to winning ways with a goal that is worthy of winning any game of football. Yeah, and... He's almost gone full circle in 2023 as well. He started it off with the with his Let's Be Avenue moment. Is um, don't go. Why have you gone quiet? Or don't go quiet now, isn't it? Or the first of January he ends it with that absolute mayhem at the end of the full time whistle. Part mm. of it was probably down to the fact that they're right next to it, right next to him. Like I think it looked like a similar kind of length to to where Bristol Rovers is, where the dugouts is, but amazing scenes because you're watching on iFollow you don't really pick it up until late on so you just see this little John Brady just coming out of nowhere and just charging towards the away fans some of the videos that that some of the fans took as well at full time amazing and again his passion for the club again just flying out so so good you don't get that often with a manager in the middle of a season do you um, but it just shows what what he wants and how much he wants it and how much he wants to to get every single result like it, it, it could easily have been like okay We'll take a draw. I think we all said before the game we'll take a draw, and it could have been a two-two, but we begrudgingly take it. But it's it's striving to get every single result out of them, and that's that's so good to see. Even when we're one nil up, two one up, we're going for for goals. That's one of the best things about this team is we're so good on the break that one nil, two nil can suddenly turn again, and it's it's so entertaining, so fun to watch. The other thing with the celebration is just how annoyed it made the Lincoln fans. Because oh, yeah, <laughs> the amount, and I get it completely. Remember Paolo Di Canio at Sixfields when he was, you know, it was annoying, wasn't it? And it, it, you were just like, well, and, and you do that whole thing of going, well, what's he doing that for? You think he won the FA Cup against us or something? It's middle of the season. It, again, oh, you're celebrating against little old Lincoln City in that fashion. And it was just like, 
part of what made it was the fact that Lincoln fans don't get it. And why would they get it? You know, that's yeah. not a, a pop at them. They, they, they wouldn't understand what's going on and the context of it. Um, so I, I think all of that just adds, adds to it, which is brilliant. So more of that, please, more, John. I enjoyed John, it. More, on, more. More. I want him running, like, doing a full lap of honour at Sixfields, just when, <laughs> you know, we randomly... Uh, who, who, who can we just randomly beat um, that doesn't really, you know... Matter maybe not Port Vale, Port Vale, <laughs> Port Vale at Sixfields. We win brilliantly, like with a last minute winner or something. And John Brady does a lap of honour. That'd be amazing. I'm sure the Port Vale um, fans will will delight in that as well. Yeah, they'll they'll love that, won't they? They'll love it. Um, the last game of the Christmas period, the last game indeed that the Cobblers have played, was a fairly stodgy. I'm going to use that word. Steal it from you, Danny. Fairly stodgy. Stodgy. One nil win over Cheltenham. <laughs> I don't um, think this was as stodgy. This is more like the the desserts of Christmas settling on you. But you okay, somehow, you somehow managed to stand up in the last minute. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one but nil win. One nil win. Uh, thanks to a penalty as well. I mean, With it was one... one of those games where you felt like it just wasn't our day. It was a bit like the Shrewsbury game. If you was go back to then, where it, one nil. Yeah. Oh, in my head, I've had it. Here it's two nil. No. Well, I, he pro- <laughs> it's because you think- scored nil. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know when you're going through results in your head, I was like, oh, yeah, we beat them yeah. two nil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Clearly, um, yeah. I mean, it just it reminded me a bit of the Shrewsbury game in terms of it. It felt like it was a comfortable. We should be winning it, but we just couldn't finish the chances and. I don't know. When we got the penalty, it was like just a massive flood of relief went through. First of all, when the penalty point. was awarded, but then when it was scored, Jeffy. Yeah, it was a huge turning point. Sean actually said to me before, he said, oh, who's going to take this then? It was, if we don't score this, we're going to be in trouble, which I think <laughs> is pretty accurate because I think Cheltenham, I don't think we underestimated them. Um, before I say this, I don't think we did. And I th- think we showed them respect. But I think generally um, within the league, they're underestimated. I still think that they could could well get out of it. I do. To be they honest. beat Portsmouth, yeah. didn't they? So Yeah, and, and they, they don't look woeful and hopeless. You know, we've seen a lot of teams in this league now, us being one of them on occasion, being woeful and hopeless. Not very often for us, obviously, but... But every now and again, i.e. the Stevenage match, where we just kind of lose the plot a little bit, um, they didn't look like that on the day. Um, and they they looked a far better team than what we played in of them in the early part of the season. They did look woeful then, but they seem to have something at the moment. It's not huge in what they've got, but they've got something. And what we did well was, particularly at the end, and I think it was definitely... A, Samo's influence is is defended resolutely but what we also did was roll the dice a little bit with the substitutions because we didn't create conventional substitutions which and that (laughs) gave us the ability to ride the game out a little bit are you all right there Danny yeah when you said conventional he's remembered about OJL 
<laughs> yeah. I was literally just looking on the list of who do we bring on? Oh, yeah. Manny Monson came on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, I think he had a good game, to be fair. He did. I mean, he does this both... every time to us. We, we, he does it all the time. I'm like, oh, no, Monty's coming on. He actually does we a good we job both clocked it and we were like, this isn't the time. it's never the time is it It, it's it's never the right time when we're 2-0 up fair when it's when there's a one goal difference i just feel feel um like something's gonna happen neil nudges me and goes look look who's coming on (laughs) felt too early (laughs) what i will say go on i was just gonna say about the the cheltenham game is actually they were they did look better than they did the first time around i Mm -hmm. don't think they were particularly great um we probably should have won by by two maybe three because we've missed or certainly, I know they were chasing the game to try and get a point, but there was quite a few chances that we should have put away. Really, put the game to bed. To yeah, make it right a bit more end, comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I all it takes now I mean, is one stroke of the football into the back of the net. That's all it takes, and uh, Cobblers won as well. <laughs> yeah before we before we leave this uh lovely little chat about Cheltenham, uh danny and uh neil both took part in what's it called double it or bottle it is that it yeah double or bottle um, it yeah. double or bottle it um and uh while well, danny bottled it neil didn't no hold on, no no i didn't <laughs> hold on i didn't bottle it i went for it i just missed isn't that the point though no, no the bottle is whether it. you don't say you're not going to do it you, because yeah, tap okay. out. you can tap out. Saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take my 80 quid here and run. Bit like you went, need, no you went all the way up to, is it £160? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we both had the shot for that, 60 And that's the most that anybody's ever won, is that right? Yeah, believe so. I believe that no okay. one's ever got it until Neil actually rolled that ball in. Get me in, sign me up. Did you, did you have the option of going... And doubling the 160, Neil? No, it's the last one. <laughs> you had to go that to is the last one, is it? Yeah, yeah it's the yeah, last I've been taking it from yeah. Wellingborough. <laughs> well, it wasn't the halfway line, was it? It was pretty was close to the halfway half? line. It was pretty yeah, much, pretty yeah, much. a couple of yards in front. Pretty much. Oh, right. I'm just asking. I wasn't there. I don't know. <laughs> what was the halfway line? Was I will say as well, I found it a lot, not easy, but a lot more comfortable than I thought I would from like the middle of the pitch. So next time someone has a shot from there and the keeper's stranded, I'm going to have a right go of them if they don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> we've done this. Come on. That's so Come audacious. <laughs> oh, I will dear. say for Danny as well, Danny did get bullied into taking the £160 shot. He was. It's true. He was very happy. I think I think you even might have said when we were discussing it, Danny, I think your exact words were, I've surprised myself, so I'm very happy to tap out. Yeah. Yeah, I surprised <laughs> myself at 80 for sure. Then the tunnel announcer was giving it the big one. It was, you get wound up, it, was yeah. it was questioning whether I was going to actually reach the goal mouth. By the was, last yeah, Danny was getting wound <laughs> up on the pitch. Then I was like, right, I'm going for this. <laughs> no, I'll show him. <laughs> yeah. Did, um, could you have tapped out after the 80 and Neil continued? Yeah. Or did you both have to go? Yes, but I think we figured that out too late that yeah. we could have done that. We, they, <laughs> they were in our ears on the pitch and, and saying, well, you may as well both go for it because then even if you only one of you gets it, you can split it and you still both get 80, which is what you're at at the moment. And Daddy, have you received your 80 pounds from Neil just yet? Well, we haven't received the... Well, I haven't received my, oh, my 160 yes. yet, so... <laughs> but what we didn't realise was... What we, it's the heat of the moment, Charles. You've got to remember, yeah. this is 7,000 people screaming at you. Biggest cheer of the mm-hmm. afternoon when Neil got his in, by the way. Um, it was. <laughs> the pressure's on. We could easily have said, right, one of us, like, I'll, like I could have stopped at 80. Neil could have rolled his mm. in and we could have had, what, 220? 
But yeah, but the problem is. But that's a lot of pressure on Neil then. So I didn't if I'd have missed, that. then we'd have ended yeah. up at 40 each. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Oh, what I will say, I, I, it, was, I, it was nice seeing the positive vibes from the slackers behind the goal. Oh, yeah. Not brilliant. so nice seeing David Knight and his crew giving it all the hand gestures. It was, <laughs> I felt like I was taking a really important penalty at times and the all-way fans were giving it to me. <laughs> well, look, well done, boys. It was uh, a very, very good effort. Well done, Neil, for well done, Danny. the one. Look, we both did it. 60. Well, well done, Danny, for getting to the £80 mark and, and yeah. scoring that one. Lovely. Well, pressure's Lovely on now, Charles. You and Jeffy next. Yeah, you and Jeffy up next. <laughs> Are you joking? Mine will end up in Pete's hut. <laughs> All right, we'll get Sean instead. roll it along the floor, Jeffy. Not... <laughs> well, God knows where he ended up in the closest pub, I spec. <laughs> okay, that's it for part one. After the break, we're looking to the future and having a chat about the transfer window. Uh, yes, come back in a moment. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to It's All Cobblers to Me. The January transfer window is now open, of course, and John Brady has the opportunity to strengthen his Cobblers squad. Uh, but before we talk about potential new signings, I'm going to steal a question from the postbag that was sent in by Ryan Eldred. Uh, he asked, are there any players you would like, uh, sorry, you would be looking to move on, either permanent or on a loan basis, uh, Ryan said that he'd try and get loans sorted for both Max Deich and Harvey Lintot. So before we talk about potential ins, what about outs? Anybody that you'd look to move on, either as a loan or, or, or permanently, guys? Uh, if you could upgrade. It's difficult to say, isn't it? But if you could... There's no one I'd just look to move on for the sake of it, I don't think. But if you could essentially say, yeah, maybe Lintot's not a bad shout. He doesn't really seem to be getting a look in. Even um, Ryan Haynes, mm -hmm. um, Max Dyche, James Dadge has just gone out on loan, hasn't he? Um, mm -hmm. Work experience loan. Work yeah. experience, yeah. So I think if you can get a few out on loan and perhaps replace them with permanents that are, you know, a slightly better or loans that are slightly better then it probably makes it worthwhile but i'm sort of more concerned about the first team if that makes sense rather than those on the edge but i mean i i guess that i mean for me i'd be looking to let you know move ryan haynes on he's just not featured at all so and i think he will he's therefore, I think that's relatively yeah common knowledge. and i just kind of think 
the wages that you free up there could therefore be spent on a player potentially that does come in and improve the first team. I mean, at the end of the day, if you've got a right-sided player in Odomeo ahead of you in the pecking order for that left wing-back or left-back position, and you're a natural left-footer, that that says quite a bit. I mean, you've already got Patrick Brough, who obviously has got that position nailed down, it seems. Ali Koike, who's injured, obviously, uh, hence why he's not getting a shout. Um, and then it's Odomeo for the next person that would play there before you even get to Ryan Haynes. It just seems like, well, actually, do we even need that left-back position? Could we therefore move Ryan Haynes on, for example, and then put that money to use with, I don't know, another midfielder or the number 10 to, you know, give Mark Leonard a bit of a, a push uh, and, and stuff like that. I kind of agree with the whole, you know, Max Dyche probably will go back out on loan because the last loan that he had only ended up ter- being terminated because he was injured. So therefore, I don't think he'll come straight back into the Cobblers' first team picture yet. They'll want to build him back up again at the very least. And then, like you say, Lintot hasn't featured, although he did come on as a sub, didn't he? Was that the Cheltenham game? He, did, he came he on. That's yeah. the first time yeah. we've seen him for ages. Um, but again, that, would, that uh, yeah, might I think I'd be holding, holding to Lin, I'd, I'd be holding on to Lintot, I think, just in case. Mm. I'd still prefer him at left back than Haynes, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. So I, I, I mean, I, I get the idea of sending him on loan because it's he was he looked a really good player last season. But at the moment, I'd probably prefer him in there than someone new or yeah. having Haynes in there. Yeah. Okay, well, um, incomings then. Let's well, kind of before we talk about the incomings, there are a couple of players that have obviously. I mean, we've already mentioned one of them in the first part, Tyree Simpson. Almost like having a new signing, isn't it? The way that he's, oh, he's a new almost, man, isn't he? Absolutely. Brilliant. It literally Surgeons. is the epitome of like it being a new signing. It, yes. It's not even like a new signing. It is. It's almost it's the to the point now. It's the renaissance. Yeah. And like John Brady was saying after the game, um, the Cheltenham game, I think it was, we was talking afterwards mm-hmm. saying it's, it's simple. Just run for this for the fans and they'll get behind you. And that's, yeah. that literally is all he's doing. And as soon as he's doing it, it's like a beast. Oh, he looks it's, so it's, better. It's, it's, it's I... The, I, know, I know I'm not, it might be too far to say it, but. It's taken the pressure off, desperately needing that number nine now. Because we were like, Apre gets injured, we're buggered. Bowie's come in and done a really good job in there and scored goals. Ty Reese is in there now. He's like Bayo on speed. Based when he on the people, based on and- the last couple of games, <laughs> I'd you'd look at him and say he's someone we wouldn't mind a sneaky bid into Huddersfield. Oh, get him in there. Do you know Ooh. what I mean? Like based on his last yes. few games, if he continues performing like that, then that's a sort of Danny, when you, you, you'll remember this, I'm sure. When <laughs> we signed him and stuff, obviously you were waxing lyrical about him from his time at Swindon. Feels like it's coming back for him more towards that. So mm. if you can, and, and John Brady's obviously getting a tune out of him now. He's, he's got through to him or whatever and stuff. So mm. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it? But based on the last few games, it's so, one you look at so... and think, keep him. It's just amazing seeing him get the ball and run at people. She's constantly just like, it gets you on your feet. You're like, go on, Ty, go on. He's just the type of player he just, you want to just charge at people. It's amazing. This is, this is one, the Tyrese I fell in love with. 
<laughs> One thing I want to say, Danny, is um, don't, I agree don't with it, Jeffy. No, 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 I'm not. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna add to what you said. Um, I actually disagree with you on one point, and the point I disagree with you on is the fact that um, what what John Brady said was absolutely relevant, and I, I I do believe it's true. But I think it's a real disservice to him to not give him the credit he deserves wholly, because actually. It's not just about the running that he's doing. You can see he's shed a ton of weight. You can see that he is absolutely worked on the technique. You can see it in the game. You can see what he's doing and that confidence that he's gained because of that. We can't, we can't sit here and just say it's because he's running because it's so much more than that. And I think three weeks ago, we were sat here talking about sending him back to Huddersfield and we're having a completely different conversation based on how much work this kid has put in. And yes, we can only judge the last three or four games that he's played, but we are really quick to criticise. We have to be equally as quick to to show how appreciative we are of the, the fact that so much has improved for him. It's not just the running, the technique, the confidence to have a shot at goal. Like the other, against Cheltenham, he missed three or four that he probably on another day should have scored, uh, could have scored and probably should have scored, but it didn't matter. It's the going. fact he kept yeah. going and his head didn't drop. And it mm. was like, it will come if you keep having shots like that. And if you have the confidence, and actually, if you look at the Lincoln game when he came, I think he came on or I can't remember on the Lincoln game, but there was a moment where he should have squared it to Pinnock and he should have done it and it would have would have sealed it and he didn't. But that's a really good sign. I'm not saying you need to be selfish all the time, but the fact he felt able yes. to do that as is the really striker. important. Yeah. yeah, as the striker, he yeah. took it upon himself to have the yeah. shot and have the go. Yeah, I get that. It was yeah, the, totally. the second goal against Lincoln that did it for me. Like he got, He's got the ball halfway yeah. inside his own half. He's laid it off. Suddenly, about three seconds later, he was at the other end of the pitch laying it off and he's got that ability to, to calm himself and to make that pass into Leonard, I think it was. He then lays it off to Bowie. That makes mm-hmm. it such a beautiful goal. That is the, part of it is because he's all the way back mm-hmm. collecting the ball from Magazza or giving it to him and then charging at the other end and being involved in the goal. It was, it was amazing. That epitomises what he's been for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it certainly does. Another player that's returned. Yeah, I mean he has returned, I suppose, Tyrese as the as a proper footballer. Uh Danny Hilton. <laughs> Danny yeah, Hilton Danny after God such man. a long time out, loads and loads of questions about his whereabouts on a Saturday at three PM, uh his <laughs> his his devotion to the cause. After all of that, he's finally back on the pitch and he has come on as a sub now in the last two games, um, if not more than that, maybe. Three games, um, three, three games yeah. Um, good to see him back. Still hasn't scored. There was a moment where I felt like he was about to, I think, against Cheltenham. I thought he's going to get his goal. It's going to happen. He had and a it, sniff, didn't he? And he had, yeah, didn't quite. Good to see that he's back on the pitch. And the one thing that I will say is that, look, I'm not his biggest fan and I don't think I ever will be his biggest fan in a cobbler shirt. I think most of that is down to the fact that we've got him at the tail end of his career as opposed to when he was, you know, in his prime for Luton where he was obviously an incredibly good footballer, incredibly good striker, scoring lots of goals for them. He's lost that yard of pace now, which you can see. But the way that he holds the ball up and the way that he can control that and bring others into play, 
Not to mention winning of free kicks, all important. Um, it's it's great to have him back, being able to play that role. I don't see him starting games. I see him being almost a Danny Rose figure, where he will come on in the last sort of ten minutes, playing golf to try and one day, shore up the you know shore up the win essentially, but. With those two now having come back, Hilton and Simpson in the in the fashion that they have, does that now mean that you and let's not forget Kieran Bowie, fantastic December. Uh, was it five goals in six games that he scored? Six, I, think. I think. I think it's six. Was it six in five? I think it's six. Really good numbers, considering he'd not really had a. In, in, and he's out of contract at the end of the season with yeah. Fulham. Ooh, yeah. Ooh cheeky bit, um, cheeky bit. Ooh, cheeky bit. That little bit in there. <laughs> Does that mean then that you wouldn't necessarily look at for another striker now in in January transfer window? I, I think it would be tough. It would be a tough ask because how many would we have? We've got Apare, Bowie, Simpson, Hilton. You've got Hilton up front. Hoskins. You've, you've got Hoskins, obviously. You've got other attacking midfielders, I think I think you'll be hard I mean, pressed. I would that. say you've got five strikers. If we include Hoskins as being a striker, I know he's not completely and utterly that, but there's five mm. players there fighting over three positions across the front line, right? Yeah, if you're getting another one in, that's that's a, lot. a tall order. In, in an ideal world, I still would get if if we could um send Danny Hilton on his way, I feel like I would just because the wages for more than anything, just to, mm-hmm. so that we could spread it out a little bit. And if we could get a striker in that's that's not just coming on for the last 15 minutes to hold the ball up and know what he does is a great job and we need it. But I would prefer it to have someone coming on who's got a little bit of pace, who can cause problems and actually looks in danger of scoring goals as well. I Danny still haven't seen it in Danny. Uh, I mean, if we could Ryan be... Phillips back. Yeah, you can get him in there. <laughs> I still haven't seen enough of Danny Hilton, and it might be that we sat in, a, in three or four weeks thinking, oh, Hilton's back as well as Tyrese, but I'm still not completely sold that the wages that we're probably spending on him is is worth it when you could build up quite a lot of the other squad with that. Okay. I think I agree. On, on the basis that if we've got aspirations of making the playoffs, then... <laughs> now's the, I thought you were going to say... I thought, I thought you said Aspria. <laughs> get fast enough Aspria yeah. in. Do a job. Get him in there. <laughs> um, on a serious note, like I know we joke about the playoffs and though, but unexpectedly, fair to say, probably tenth. Yeah, ninth, aren't we? Ninth, wherever we are, ninth, tenth. Unexpectedly, performing better, perhaps than I think we all expected. I think we expected perhaps us to be competitive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a uh, easy to say. It's not. Our money or my money. I've only got 160 quid. Wait. <laughs> Get him in. <laughs> but on a on a serious note, should we not be thinking this is the time to invest for a second half push? Should we not, not just the second half push? Next season but as well. Just next season. Because at the end of the day, the you know the squad has obviously done fantastically well to get into this position, but if you don't continually evolve the squad and don't continually look to improve it, then all that will happen is that you'll 
you'll go you won't you won't stay stagnant and stay still you will drop you go backwards because everybody exactly. else will improve yeah so that's my point I, I would personally as much as a playoff push would be amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. that is that is for me if that was to happen then wow <laughs> brilliant i would enjoy it obviously but i'm go- i i feel like i'm enjoying this season anyway as it is and Whatever we or wherever we finish, I think I will look back on this and go, "This was a really, really fun season to be a part of and to and to watch." And I, I would like to see us. And maybe January transfer window isn't the right place or right time for this, but I would like to see us looking to next season and thinking, "Right, we're not going to get Mark Leonard back next season." So. We need a player to come in to replace him for next year. Hold on. Okay. You say we do make the playoffs. Mm. <laughs> you say we the do. only way that we keep Mark Leonard is if we get promoted to the championship. That's what I was going to say. Say we do get promoted. It won't happen. It could happen. Why couldn't it? I, I, tell you, I, I didn't tell you say what it couldn't. I, I would, said it won't. But I would <laughs> say is. Imagine the gym I, that night. <laughs> I would say this about this, and it's really, really annoying that I have to bring this team up, but I think it's valid. About this time in 2014, I think it was 2014, can't remember, um, Bristol Rovers in League Two were about where we are, and all their fans were divided in two sections. Half of them were like, we need to really be realistic here. And half saying, oh, we can go and get the playoffs. And they got relegated. And they got relegated because we kicked them out on the basis that we won against Oxford. And they were in the relegation zone for something ridiculous like... It was the only time that they'd been in the relegation zone. 59 minutes. Something something ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And we... This is a really vital piece of our journey that John Brady has taken us on, but it's a journey that cannot be underestimated. We haven't done the job yet. We are nowhere near having done the job yet in terms of security in this league for this season. We have got, it is amazing. It's brilliant. It's wonderful. And and there's far more adjectives that I could use to describe it, but it's not done. Mm. I don't care about the playoffs right now. I don't care about them. What I care about is just getting through what we have to get through. And yes, Neil has has a valid point in what he's saying. You know, maybe we should invest and go for the playoffs. But what we also need to do is meet the need of the team right now to get us to stay in this league. Because by staying in this league, that's the achievement. But if you're in it, next season is so much harder. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, that, that's, that's what the, I'm that's saying point, is that yeah. we need to look ahead, don't we, and and to go mm. and get it. I mean, I we but don't the playoffs. See it, it, you know, look, it's a little bit tongue in cheek, right? But the, yeah. the, the 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 point is exactly the point you're making, Charles. Is is keep moving forward and keep improving mm. where we end up, where we end up, and stuff. But with a with an eye on next season as well, because the the danger is like with Tyrese coming into a bit of form and and Hilton being back and stuff, thinking, oh, actually, we're all right. And then yeah. it gets to, yeah. you know, April or whatever, and we're a bit, not don't, we won't go down, but we're struggling or whatever and stuff, and things have gone off the rails a little bit. It, it's just, it's almost that, look, we're on a bit of a wave of positivity, 
and it's trying to keep that wave going. To, who used to say that? Was it Keith. Keith, yeah, that's Keith, probably yeah. Yeah. Keith, waves yeah. and. But it's, it is that it's like this the, the time like to invest and to right with. No, look, I know what you're saying, Jeffy. We've been burned before. We're relatively comfortable in League One. Like it's, I'm not concerned about getting relegated. I'm pretty comfortable that we'll finish mid-table, even if we don't bring anyone else in or anything. I think we'll we'll finish mid-table. But it's that point, Charles. You're absolutely right. I think is that next year, like we're in a perfect position to be now recruiting for the next step. Not, and I don't mean recruiting for the championship, but I mean right, what's the next step in this team and what does that look like? Yep. Yeah, that's what in order to doing. finish in the top ten next year. Exactly. Because I mean, yeah. Yeah. even yeah. if we're, you know, even the most optimistic of us, I think we'll sort of still go. It's lovely being ninth at the moment and in the top ten, but I wouldn't be surprised if we fell away and finished sort of fourteenth. Mm-hmm. Not that that would be a bad thing whatsoever, but therefore the 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 next step is to then go top ten. Yeah. So what mm-hmm. do we need to do? And when I'm saying, because again, I th- I don't necessarily think January is necessarily the right time. You know prices tend to be inflated for players at this time of the year but therefore what i would like to you know know is happening at the football club is that recruitment is is going on behind the scenes <laughs> i mean this is this is obviously not allowed to happen but the tapping up of players <laughs> for the end of the season you know but the inquiry of you know, right, that player looks like he's going to be out of contract. Shall we have a word with their agent and see whether they'd consider coming to us for next season? Get him on loan for it, this, this part of the season. Yeah, potentially to do something like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, you do the thing I, where you buy him, and, buy him and loan him back for the rest of the season. Like, yeah, the that was what, that um, yeah. it's what Chimanga, yeah. he left um, Chesterfield, didn't he, and went to that lot. Um, and that was a loan originally, then became permanent in the summer. I mean, yeah. he's gone. They did it back with um, Palace as well, didn't they? With um, was it Zahar? Oh, we're talking on a massive scale here, but they, but he was so desperate to carry on playing for Palace and get this years ago to get promoted when he got the signing for Man United. Is that correct? No, they that. they sold him to Man United and then they sold him back. Did they sell him Palace. back. I think so. Or he left and he went back, but it wasn't okay. alone. But the thing is that whole building thing, isn't it? You, you, yes, you want to get into. Yeah. We, want, we, we know Mark Lennon's going to go. We, we're pretty sure Kieran Bowie we go. Probably not quite as much on him. There might be the potential to, I'd say, if it, eight out of the two, there's much more chance for us keeping Bowie if we could. Mm-hmm. But we know Mark Lennon's going to go. He's such a key cog to the system. And it's finding that player who's going to replace him and finding him now and not wait until the last minute of August to try and find out what we're going to be missing. It's identifying that place. I'm sure he's going on, but identifying that player now, maybe bringing them in and getting them to mm. see what, what he does and bringing him on, having him on the bench, maybe bringing, on, bringing him on late in games and stuff and getting him into that rhythm. So we've got a bit of a head start in the summer because what we've seen so many times in the past is we get to sort of May, June as a break, we come back, the budget's not there again and we're almost playing catch up from the very start waiting around for players waiting around yeah yeah yeah. and if we can do things in the meantime of getting Sam Sherrin tied down of you know bringing in the future players now we're in such a good position now where it's not like Jeffy said it's not about the playoffs for me it's about what we're building now for next Mm -hmm. season and I don't think that's a negative thing because it's been such a fun season that we can have we've afforded ourselves almost a little bit of time to go out and and get those players now and sell the club to them now of ninth. Don't sell it to them when we're in the summer, when we've potentially gone down to like 14th, 15th. Sell yeah. this club to them as an upward thinking club where we're ninth, 10th in League One. Even from a month ago, we've gone massively up in, in 
bringing players in in the transfer window yeah. in January with from, right. from the outside of things. That, that's why I think we should be doing it now and just get a couple in that can take us over the line and be with us for next season. Absolutely. Okay, them in. time for another break. <laughs> time for another break. Don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes without the ads at patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sign up from just £5 a month. After the break, we'll open up the post bag. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to It's All Cobblers to Me. Time now, of course, for us to dip into the post bag to see what you've sent into us at podcast at cobblerstome.com and on social media. To the post, to the post. Get your comments and thoughts to the post. We're ready and willing to read out your scribbling. So get them all into the post, to the post, to the post. Get your comments and thoughts to the post. Put pen to the paper, do it sooner, not later, and get it all into the post. Get it in. Oh, it's nice to hear Malcolm after a lovely Christmas break. Beautiful stuff. Neil. Hello. Post bag time, my friend. <laughs> Understood. It's a bulging sack. Oh, it's really bulging today. It's refilled after the festive period. Mm. <laughs> uh, the first one I'm going to ignore uh, for the moment. Um the second one, I think we've actually already answered it. It's from MK Cobbler, uh, who's asking, do we stick with Simpson, who's had two good games over Christmas, or do we bring in someone else who may score as goals? I just don't know, as before the last couple of games, I've not been impressed with Simpson, but he has shown, even though it's only a couple of games, that he is willing to run. I think we've covered that one, haven't we? Yeah, keep yeah. him. Yeah. Stick. Him in there. Don't twist. Stick. Don't stick, twist. Don't twist. We agree. Uh, Tom Payne, which player so far this season has impressed you the most? Big follow-up question here from Tom. Also, if you could change one thing at Northampton Town FC, what would it be and why? Great podcast as always. And looking forward to seeing you all at Wembley for the League One playoffs. Yes, Tom. Come on, Tom. <laughs> oh, dear. Which player has impressed the most? I. That's Mark. a hard one. Mark Leonard for mm. me. But yeah, yeah, okay, it's not hard, is it? <laughs> Tight yeah, it, 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 <laughs> uh, Brilliant. I think Mark Leonard probably for me. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, kind of we all kind of thought, it, didn't we? Last yeah. we all thought last season, didn't we? League one suit him a lot better, and it has done. He's been yeah. immense. 
Can I play devil's advocate and disagree with you? Not because I don't Go think on. he's amazing, but because I would have expected that from him because I think he's a quality player. Fair. Yeah, but yeah. I, I would argue that I believe that no matter what team you put Leonard in, he's going to be amazing. Okay. Um, I would say I've not seen a, seen a single minute of football that Akin Odomeo has played badly this yes. season. Ooh, yes. Good shout, Jeffy. Good Very shout. good. He's been amazing. Yeah. He's like the epitome He's been of, brilliant. of John Brady improving a player, hasn't he? Yeah, and also as well, like he, I've genuinely not seen, and I mean this as a positive, I've not seen a difference in how well he plays from League, one, League 2 to League 1. And okay. he's playing yeah. against much better players and he's still doing a brilliant job. Fair. So that's that's my player. Yeah, it's been great. Because Chuck Leonard, check Chuck Leonard in, I don't know, Bristol Chuck City Leonard. squad. Chuck Leonard. Is that Mark's or brother? Or squad <laughs> or whoever. And he's he'll be fine. He wouldn't look out of place. But yeah. well, that, that's what I mean. count against him, the fact that he's such a good player. No. No, it shouldn't. But but You leave him alone, Jeffy. <laughs> Why'd you Stop hate Mark Leonard, Jeffy? <laughs> oh dear. Stop Neil, by the way, I, I think I think you missed one. No, I didn't. No, no, you no, you did. You definitely missed one. Neil, stop being sluggish. Come on, oh, get my... no, oh I did miss one. I didn't realise. There you go. <laughs> um Steve Scott. Sorry, Steve, I completely missed it. Um since the departure of Colin Coldwood and Samo taking his place, the team seemed to play with more freedom. Do you agree it was the best thing for the club? Colin departing, question mark. PS, Tuesdays and Fridays aren't the same without the pod. Oh, well, nice. we're back now. Hi. Steve, <laughs> yeah, we're um, back. Steve, if you'd have signed up to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me over the Christmas period, there was um, a pod a day. Steve. Get that in there, Danny. Go on. Get, get, in, get in there. In. Come on, Steve. Get, get it in, in there. there. You're right. Yeah. Uh, we did talk about this a little bit, didn't we? Back um, at November time, end of November, start of December, I think. But I think we have gone a little bit more attacking since Colin left. I, I don't necessarily think, yeah, like Steve says, more freedom, doesn't he? I, I think, I think it's a fair thing to say. I can't disagree with him. But I, there hasn't been like I don't think that there's a necessarily a huge change and a huge difference between you know the way that we played before you know before Colin left and and post Colin leaving. I, I, just, I wonder whether there is. I, I I think that I think that you almost maybe put that event in to be a you know, a, a, a point to create a reason that isn't necessarily there. Because um, I don't think if you look at, if you actually look at all of the stats and things, there isn't that big of a difference to say that there was a definite change from the point where Calderwood was no longer with us, you know, to after it. it, it I, I think it, I, I wonder whether it still would have happened like this if Colin had been there, it's just that we're kind of attributing the change or the, the evolution to Coldwood leaving, which which I think is maybe a tad unfair on Colin. I would agree with that, Charles, completely. I do think it's a tad unfair on Colin kind of aiming that kind of almost critique of his playing style. However, the one thing I would say 
and me and Sean talked about this before the Cheltenham game, which is full of irony now, given how poorly we played that game. However, um, we needed Colin Coldwood more than I think people realised we needed him in the very early days of Brady. I think without him, none of this would have been possible. I believe that his philosophy with the defence and with the game that we needed to play got us out of League Two, alongside, obviously, everything that Brady brings. The next part of our journey that we're on was to get us into League One and get us to sustain and survive in that. The next part of our journey, the journey that we're just starting now, is then to keep pushing on from there. That's maybe where we don't need him so much. That doesn't mean to say that he wouldn't be valued if he still was with us. We don't need him so much because we've learnt what we need and we've gained what we need from him. Um, And I think what you say is right. It would be a massive disservice to say because we don't know whether it would or wouldn't. But I think his work probably was more vital in the early parts of Brady's reign. Okay. One from a... uh, very knowledgeable lower league football pundit. Go on then. Uh, Gab Sutton has been in touch. Hey, Gab. Uh, hi, folks. If you had to narrow Northampton's success this season down to three things, what would they be? Three things. Defence, field, and attack. <laughs> <laughs> Done. I, I, I would, I would go with Mark Leonard being positioned at the spear point of the midfield as opposed to... Pushed forward, you know, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd that's, definitely that's put definitely that in there. It? Yeah. yeah. Jack Sauer um, be allowing him to do that as well is quite big. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, Samuel Tobias Hoskins, I'd say, is the other one. Just carrying on. I mean, my I, I agree with Sam with that for Sam. Uh, the other thing, I, it's just John Brady and the way that he's put this squad together and the way that he gets them, I suppose, in a way, fighting for each other. and His philosophy, I think, is a big part of it, isn't it? Yeah. It's that will to win a game. It's that will to go on uh, uh, on the 89th minute and still play the way that John Brady's trained you to yes. play and not just hoof it for the sake of it. And, yes. and truly believe that that's going to win you games because for all of us we're like oh just lump it and then when they <laughs> score a glorious goal at the end we're like that was great <laughs> but it's so true it's, it's Brady's instilled that hasn't he we never panic we never no. panic and I, th- I think from from this this is the difference between obviously being a cobbler's fan and seeing watching us week in week out we see all of that and we you know at the start of the set I know we you know Danny I know you said look um it's going to be tough this season in League One, but we've got to, you know, just look at staying up, and that's the most important thing. Which I think we all agreed at the time. We still do agree with that now, but at the same time, I don't actually think that we thought any of us that we would actually get relegated this season. Oh, well, I would definitely have the fear. One hundred percent of the fear of it. But that's that's the common okay. fear, isn't it, of being here before? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think that. Whereas the outside. There was literally only one place that I saw that didn't have us being relegated, and that was the Not the Top 20 podcast. Every other pundit or, you know, lower league commenter, commenter, yeah. Um, they Did. 
Gab have a they, they all had us because going down. Gab like, with it, no point. Without a, without a second thought, it was just like, yeah, they'll get relegated. Gab had us and, in League Two already. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah basically. <laughs> but I just it's, it's less of a surprise you know, for us, right? Is what you're saying? I think is that exactly bit, because yeah, we watch yeah. we watch us week in week out, and we know the makeup of the team and the management and stuff. Yeah. It's it's much less of a surprise. Yeah. That's that's like that's how I view it. I'm not that surprised that we're doing well. But surprised no. because of Danny's point is we're used to coming into League One and not being prepared, ready, and struggling yeah. in a relegation battle. But actually, like we play good football and it's not that <clears throat> much of a surprise, really. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, you got a few more still to come. Oh, let's Ooh. rattle through them. Okay, r- rattle away. I mean, they're not quick ones, but I'll try. Um, <laughs> uh, we've got Justin. Uh, he says, dear Neil, uh, a turn of events for myself, apparently. So he says, you've suddenly found yourself as a player in the hit BBC program, Traitors. Oh, but it's a football special. <laughs> on, and, and, yeah, and all the other players are footballers. You've been chosen as a traitor. Which three footballers would you choose to be traitors with you? Good luck. Justin. <laughs> oh, that is a fantastic a great question. question. I love this question. Feels like that needs okay, a pod of its own. Do you know? Traitor. Do you know the concept of the traitors, Neil? Vaguely, yeah, vaguely, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you want you it. want someone who's who's not going to give the game away, basically. Yeah, someone who's not going to give the game away. So not um, Jonathan Mitchell's out straight away. <laughs> Ash Taylor, you can't have. Um, so so some, yeah. No, no, no. Do you know what though? I'd I'd have I'd have yeah, someone like, like Ash Taylor Charles in thinking, there. hidden in plain sight. Well, no, because, because because this is it. I mean, I, right. So if you've not watched any of either the first series or the second season, which what is three episodes in at the moment for the second season, the UK version of uh, Traitors. Um, but in the end, uh, right, spoilers for the first season, I guess. <laughs> I can't, but you can't give spoilers you, out. No, no, no. Well, I won't, but I mean, it's a year old, Neil. If they want... People no, might discover series two. All right. Well, what, what I want to say is that essentially, <laughs> but Ross is you don't have to all be. <laughs> you don't. You don't necessarily have to. Um, you you could basically hang one of your fellow traitors out to <laughs> to dry true. at some point. You could do. You could use that as part of your game plan, and therefore, <laughs> Ash Taylor <laughs> would be an easy person Not to hang example. out to dry. <laughs> uh, I'm taking Scott McLeish. Oh, yes, very good. I I was looking more of like I want someone a little bit intelligent. So I'm Clark Carlisle springs to mind. I feel not like no, he's too nice. No, I feel like Clark Carlisle would know how to like really intricately play the game and just like okay. really be sensible and, and like you could be able to talk through tactics with him quite well. I think I think you want somebody like um, so um, I, I won't just just one of the people that is in the traitors this series. Miles, who is like a really lovely, big, cuddly teddy bear of a guy, right? You wouldn't expect him to okay. be yeah. on the other side. So somebody like that is what I think we need. A big, cuddly bear of a it. player. I've got it. Go on. David Cardoza. <laughs> Imagine Big Dave. I mean, I just, I, I just can't I would, see who who it is. I don't know who it is. He's sat there stroking his. <laughs> yeah, stroking his I would, I would pick. Uh, I would take James Whiting because oh, of the death stare. Oh, the death stare from James Whiting. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, but he's football loosely though. linked he's to football, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, yeah, yeah, true. Would you take Bayo as a... No, Bayo would be the cuddly that. bear. That, that, yeah, that is a perfect... That. He yeah. would have mad luck, also, also, Sam. Samuel Tobias Hoskins. There's no way anyone would think he was a traitor. He's oh, yeah, because he's, he's proper parched, isn't he? Yeah, look at him. He's beautiful, lovely little boy. Oh, he is definitely not parched after that trip to the darts. Let me tell you. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, John Guthrie, you melt. <laughs> Guthers would be a good one to get in there. I don't oh, yeah, think anyone would good. suspect Guthers, would they? No. Get okay. Right, we've got one from... He's met Tim as well, as ever. <laughs> Christopher Missaloo. Christopher Missaloo. <laughs> Christopher Missaloo um, would just be brilliant. Leeds United fan Mike Fuller. Oh. Come on, Leeds United he's fan happy. Mike Fuller. I won on Leeds. He's, he's penned a letter. Yes, well done to Leeds in the FA Cup. Well done, Leeds, yeah. Well done, Leeds. Uh, Dear Neil, with news today, as I write, on the second day of this new year, that Birmingham City have parted ways with a certain ex-England megastar as manager. How long will it be? Until John Brady's growing reputation means that we should start being worried about approaches from bigger clubs and more attractive offers from above. I know he loves the area, stroke club, but surely there could be a job that is just too tempting to turn down. And either the most loyal managers would find it difficult to test themselves in a higher level environment with higher budgets and better facilities. Dot, 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 dot. Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. Mike Fuller, edited. I, <laughs> I, th- oh, yeah, I didn't see that, yeah. I think that we should always be worried because... That's a great, great response, Charles. Well done. Thanks. Because people I... <laughs> underestimate this. <laughs> I, I, I think the fact is, is that there is no way that I other clubs won't be. Sorry, right, I'll take your patronisation so and carry on. Because uh, you didn't mean it, Jeffy. It made it even better. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I think that I think that we would be foolish to to not think that there are clubs out there looking at John Brady and thinking he could do a job for them, and therefore every single time a you know a job comes up similar level. And above, and even you know below, with teams that have maybe got a bit of cash, um, you know, I I I do get worried because you know I I wouldn't be surprised if they went looking for John to see whether he would be up for a different challenge. And the other thing is that so he's now been Cobblers manager for is it three years now? So three years. You know, ago he, he took up, the think, job yeah. as caretaker. So, what what strikes I mean, me about? I'm just going to say, in this day and age, three years is actually quite a long time for the vast majority of managers to be at one club. So there is an aspect of how long does he want to stay in this job for, and would he want a new challenge? Is it going to get to a point where actually he just wants to move on because? that's what he maybe wants to do. Um, you know, I'm not saying he does. I don't know anything like that, but I don't know. There's a part of me that worries that there are things like his ambitions are maybe higher than what we can give as a football club. But at the same time, the thing that holds us, you know, or maybe holds him here is is the whole, you know, local thing and community-based side of it. To get the success that he's had so far has been because of cultivating the community, right? Cultivated. Fantastic track to reference. Go on, Charles. Cultivated. Um, 
<laughs> Ian Cultivate. To go and to go and replicate that elsewhere. Brilliant, Danny. Well done. Uh, to go and replicate that elsewhere is going to take a lot of time. That it isn't something you can do overnight. It, it takes a period of time. So I, I, that comes back in our favour, I think. But yeah, I'm always worried. My that... my my concern is similar to yours, Charles. I think if he doesn't feel like he's backed well enough financially mm-hmm. or whatever, and he deserves it, right? He's earned it. He's definitely earned it. Yeah. And you trust him to be backed with with finances. I think he potentially would be starting to perhaps cast yeah. loving glances elsewhere maybe should we say start flirting yeah flirting. especially flirting again glances, yeah. again like we were saying earlier if it is in a much stronger position now in ninth, 10th of league one then it might potentially be in a year's time which mm-hmm. isn't awful for us if we fit 14th 15th but his negotiating position at the minute is a lot stronger yeah yes. which is what worries me a little bit yeah right got one more okay one more from ash Cobb, and it's everyone's favorite subject Old Jenny Legs himself, Manny Monty. <laughs> Dear Neil, old Jenny Legs, what do you think? <laughs> is that it? Is he Guthrie's successor and is he going through his development a la Sherring and Horseful or is he a solid League 2 player and not quite up to it at League 1 level? Your thoughts, please. Yours, Ash. The latter. Hi, Ash. Hi, Ash. Uh, yeah, I think he's probably... He probably is League Two level, really. He's not really mm. displayed massive. I mean, he's he's done okay in spells, but he hasn't struck me as a League One player as of yet that you'd trust. If he us. was, if he was starting every game, I'd be panicked. Well, if he was good enough, if he was good enough, then we wouldn't have gone out and got Jordan Willis in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fair. This is true. Fair. That's, yes. That's my view. So we like him, but we think he's League Two. Love him. Just yeah. not quite good enough for us. Sorry. Not for where we want to get to and where we are. Yeah. No, I don't no, think no. it's a particularly bad thing at this point to say you know, it's not rubbish or anything. I think it's more no, 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 the fact no. that our, our level is maybe a lot stronger than we thought it might be at the start of the season. Mm. And yeah. therefore, I don't think he fits quite as well as we We have outgrown him. Yeah. Already. That's quite a, it's quite the fate as well. Fate? Yeah. Feet. Yeah. Feet. Quite the fate. Mm. You have a fate. <laughs> Old jelly fate. <laughs> Splatter rat. Splatter oh, nice. rats! Splatter rats! Oh, get in there! Start it racing. That's what we uh, need. There we go. There we go. Uh, there was one bag. more thing. There was oh, one more oh. thing in in the old post bag, in the um, which came from Jamie and Nathan. But it's not uh, something for us to read out. It's something for us to listen to. Ooh. What did you get for Christmas, Nathan? Nine points and ninth in the league, Jamie. That's, That's nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Love it. Thank you, boys. Love that. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, thank you very much, Neil. Postbag wrapped back up for another week. Um, podcast at cobblerstome.com if you want to send us your thoughts. Or, of course, you'll find us on social media. Just search It's All Cobblers To Me. Or, of course, you could join the Patreon and come along into the Slack channel community. Uh, which is always a lovely old place to be. Um, just before we go, NTFC Women, Danny, you've got a podcast, actually, episode yes. coming out this week. Go on, Danny. All, about, yeah. them. Um, all about them. Do you want to plug it? 
Plug it. Go, Go on. on, I'll plug, plug it. it. We've uh, spoke to NTFC Business Development Manager and Women's Match Day host, amongst lots of other things, Damon Fox, this week. So we looked ahead. Uh, we are looking ahead to the game on Sunday against Loughborough Lightning. The, we, we had a bit of a defeat, a bit of a defeat. We lost 3-0 at Leek on um, on Sunday, which was a bit of a disappointment when we've beaten Leek twice this season already. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was a disappointing one to come back to after the Christmas break. But we are still seven points off the top. Loughborough drew their game on Sunday. Um, So seven points off the top with a game against top club Loughborough on Sunday at the Fernabout. It's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. Two pounds, Charles. Ticket prices dropped. Dropped, Charles. Drop it. Dropped to two pounds and adults. Free. If you're under eight, you can come for free. If you're under eight and listening to this, then you've probably got better things to do. But, um, (laughs) you know, you you can go for free. Yeah, you can go for free on Sunday. I, I, don't, I mean, you've got better things to do than listen to us, not not to not go on Sunday, because you should go on <laughs> Sunday. It's £2 for adults, free for under eights. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it should be a cracking atmosphere. If we if we can beat them, we can close the gap to just the four points. And the That's title great. charge may be back on track, because there's this season, what we've got is the Stourbridge ran away with it last season. But mm. there's five or six teams this season that can realistically catch Loughborough. And we're in that mix. In with us up there, in with that shout, and it's it, it's always a good time at the Fernabell. Not lovely chips, lovely chips. really nice, yes. close to the game. You can mingle with your away fans really well, as as we love to, and um, lovely old times. So I do get on down there, no, two p.m. at the Fernabell, Fernie Fields for that one next Sunday. It should be absolutely wonderful, Charles. I'm excited. Lovely stuff. Very Brilliant. excited. Okay, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can get more from us at patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me, including the League One Lounge, where Danny and I go through the rest of the League One action every week. And you can join our community of Cobblers fans on the Slack. We're back on Friday with the preview show as we look ahead to the game with Wigan Athletic at the weekend. For now, though, thank you, Danny. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Chesley. Goodbye. Way! There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.